Hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of Contemporary Perspectives on Black Homeschooling, a podcast presented by Black family homeschool educators and scholars. This episode was recorded during our second annual Black Family Homeschool Educators and Scholars virtual teach-in that took place in July 2021. If you would like to watch sessions from that event, be sure to visit our YouTube channel that you can reach by visiting our website and blackfamilyhomeschool.org. Thank you for listening. Liberated and liberation have been used widely lately in relation to homeschooling and educating Black children. But what we ultimately realize when we peer closer is that liberation means different things for different people. In this coffee talk, I'm going to share the five ways that I homeschooled with liberation in mind. And I'm going to start off by defining liberation for myself and my homeschooling practice. My name is Khadijah Ali Coleman, and I am mother to Kari Isabel Soleil, my 17-year-old daughter, who I graduated this past May from my homeschool. She lives with me and her dad in Maryland and asked to return to homeschooling for high school after two years in middle school. I homeschooled her for kindergarten, part of first grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and all of high school. I was raised attending traditional schools for most of my life, but for two years, I attended an independent Pan-African school in Washington, DC, and my mother raised me specifically from a Pan-African perspective. Well, what does that mean? Well, for the most part, Pan-African practices include recognition that Black people all over the world are people of African descent and are therefore connected. A Pan-African culture highlights the history indigenous culture of African people from around the world. So very early on, I was instructed to always seek to supplement any learning I was receiving from a traditional school setting, whether public or private. I was to always center Black people and the Black experience within my learning. I was taught very early on about imperialism and white supremacy and how globally colonization has attempted to desecrate the ancestral history of Black people all over the world. So liberation was, according to this upbringing, the concerted effort to stay knowledgeable of the truth about our history, about the state of the world, about the systems in which we exist, and to actively engage in ways that insist on serving my community in ways where the community benefits from the seeds it has planted. So to put it simply, there is no liberation if the fruits of my labor do not directly benefit me and my family and my community. So finally, when I speak of liberation, I am speaking also of having body agency, respect for oneself, and the knowledge that you are responsible for your choices and have the mind and body to determine who you want to be, 
where you want to be and what you want to be. So liberation is not being tied to the deficit perception that so many have of black people, of women, of low income and working class people. Liberation is not being tied to capitalist values to access and determine success for oneself. Liberation is not being tethered to social norms that do not meet the social, emotional, cultural, political, and economic needs of you or your family. So with this definition of liberation, how does one homeschool from this perspective? So I'm going to share five ways in which I did with my daughter as I'm coming to the end of my homeschooling practice um, after, uh, you know, 13 years. So I want to be clear that this list meets the approval of my 17-year-old. <laughs> I got her permission to share this presentation, which centers a lot of the things we have done together as a family. And her dad is pretty much cool with me sharing as well and trust that I'm not embarrassing the family. <laughs> Um, so let's look at number one. My number one is support the obvious strengths and interests of your child. For me, that meant realizing that I wanted learning to be something my daughter looked forward to, something she enjoyed and felt powerful engaging in. I observed early that she enjoyed writing as soon as she learned to read. So I created a learning environment that included activities that drew on her writing strengths and fostered skill building in that area. History social studies, literature, and art could all be taught through writing assignments, whether they were reports, plays, short fiction, or poetry. Supporting your child's interests and strengths is also affirming who they are. You are not sending them the message that they are not good enough or inferring that skills that they don't have are somehow more superior when the reality is, is that no one is able to do everything. It takes creativity on the part of you as a parent to see the ways your child's strengths and interests can be the channels in which you teach them all the subjects and different skill sets. So tip two then is when homeschooling is liberate liberation is when you implement activities that promote critical thinking. So for me, critical thinking entails reading subtext, asking questions, not taking things at face value, being able to listen and observe, deconstruct concepts and understand information in a way that one can then convey information to another person or an audience. One of the best ways to determine if learning is taking place is not through written multiple choice assessments that rely on regurgitating information, but is based on one's ability to teach, to explain, to convey independent thoughts when information is synthesized. And what that means is that one has learned new information and begun to make connections and apply that information to their reality. Tip number three, converse regularly about current events and the interconnectedness of humanity. So what does that mean? So we talk about ecosystems and science, but ecosystems exist in everything we are a part of. When people say follow the money, they are talking about seeing who funds what and when and why. Who are all the people impacted by the decision of what one person or a group of people do? And this interconnectedness is all around us. We are part of so many ecosystems. Conversing regularly with our children and helping them deconstruct what is happening around them helps liberate them from fear. 
It removes our initial response of wanting to shelter them from truths and instead trusting their growing awareness. And while nurturing their hope and confidence, they're able to um, develop a stronger sense of self and the world around them. This grows people who feel confident to make change in the greater world. This grows people who understand the dynamics that impact our ability to be liberated individuals. So tip four. Tip four is to normalize sharing your family history. So I regret not engaging more with my my mother when she was alive and being able to ask more about her side of the family and just the different dynamics and things that as you get older you you, you want to know more about but thankfully um, my mother's grandmother left behind a memoir that has given me life in so many ways it inspired me to literally curate a family exhibit about um, my family history and include my daughter in the prep um, preparation of that exhibit for a local museum um, and the exhibit went up in um, one of our local public libraries. Um, creating family exhibits, whether for a museum or for your home, are great ways to engage your children in learning and caring about their family history. A lot of cultural artifacts and practices such as quilting, spirituals, gospel music, um, poetry and drumming are ancestral practices that African people have used for centuries to document our history alongside writing and storytelling. So knowing where you've come from, that liberates our children from feelings of being lost and disconnected. I can attest to the importance of it, even without knowing the full history of both sides of my family. My mother um, was raised by her grandmother, not her mother, up until she was age nine, and then she was adopted by my grandparents. So I also have the history of my adoptive um, grandparents, who no one could tell me that the the bond with them was any less um, because we weren't blood related. But they are my grandparents. That they, they are. The, the, the people who loved me more than anyone has ever loved me. And so um, it's not necessarily knowing all the history, but what are those things that you do know about your family to have your child have some connection um, as to where they came from? And then finally, tip number five, encourage body agency and exploration. Liberate your children um, from self-conscious and fear by curbing your tendency to shame and use that shame and fear to control them. My daughter told me that she commends me on providing a space where she can talk to me about anything without judgment or fear. She knows that my love is not conditional on her doing what I say or behaving in a way that I deem respectable. I have told her that I will not support her in choices that she makes to desecrate and, dis and disrespect herself, but that will not erase my love for her. So in closing, our homeschooling practice is basically our parenting practice. What choices we are making to truly liberate our children from all that restricts them from evolving into their best selves. So have you given thoughts to the patterns within your practice that are constructive versus destructive? Have you led with liberation in mind? If not, I encourage you to consider making the change today. We, as homeschooling parents, are creating the world we want to see 
by raising our children to be the best who they can be. Peace.